Welcome to Living Box Free. Our mission is to help you break out of the box of worldly expectations. We're here to help you find your unique journey to a healthy, fulfilled life. Hey guys, welcome to the Living Box Free. Thanks for joining us. We are at the end of our Who Dis series. It's been pretty exciting. We have talked about self-knowledge, all about knowing yourself and your personality. We talked about personality tests, superhero creeds. Bow, 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 bow. Thank you for the, the <laughs> sound, sound effect. effect. Yeah. <laughs> Emotional intelligence. And now we decided it's time to bring in an expert. Our first expert on the podcast uh, Ash really trusts me because uh, she's never met this expert till today, but this expert I know very well. I get to see him model uh, the the workings of self-knowledge and the benefits from it on a day-to-day basis. It is my boss, Eric Schilling, and Eric uh, is the leader of Alenco's Global Learning and Development Group. Eric, we're so glad to have you on today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be on the podcast. We're glad you could make it. And uh, to kick things off here first, before we jump into all of your expertise, we always ask the question, what is on the rise for you this week? So Eric, we'll let you go first. For me, on the rise this week, my folks have come in from out of town, and my mom is a, was an interior decorator back in the day, and we are currently redoing our son's bedrooms and doing all kinds of neat things like putting in a whiteboard, paint, painted whiteboard wall so they can draw things and so I'm covered in paint, but enjoying the experience and uh, getting our boys a super cool new room. So that's why it's on the rise for me. Yeah, Eric's face, we can see him. It's just, it's like half purple, half white. <laughs> <I'm kidding>. No, <laughs> means you're means you're working hard when you're covered in paint. Yeah, it does. That's right. I always feel like it's nice to go to switch to some manual labor after hours and hours on the computer and that kind of thing. So, oh man, the Zoom calls, uh, I've hit my limit for the week. So it's time to, yeah, get get my hands dirty a little bit. Yeah, I believe hopefully that. this is the last time you're on your computer for the weekend. Oh yeah, be good. <laughs> good. Ash, what's on the rise for you? Oh well, it's finally getting actually sunny and warm out, so I'm gonna say sunscreen. Sunscreen's on the rise. I've kind of been, you know, living on the edge <laughs> without sunscreen, and I'm getting. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm pasty, so I don't really tan, but I'm getting. I'm getting a little bit of a layer. Protected. But now I think yes. it's time. PSA: it's time. You don't want skin solar cancer. safety. Solar safety first. <laughs> what about you, Becky? What's on the rise? For I you? probably should say sunscreen. <laughs> What's on the rise for Tristan and myself this week? It's landscaping. Ooh, we've lived in nice. our yeah, we've lived in our house for oh gosh, I think five years now. And every year, we just I trim the bushes and I pull up weeds once, and we call it good. <laughs> <laughs> and with this whole quarantine and having more time, we went to Home Depot and we bought like all of this mulch, and we literally like expanded our bed in the front, our our flower bed and really ripped out two bushes. I mean, it looks different. And I tell you what, it's hurt. It's hurt my body more than working out doing CrossFit. (laughs) I was like, Oh my gosh. A new new type of workout. workout. Yes. I'm like, how funny is this? I feel like I can deadlift for days, but shoveling, shoveling grass out and building a flower bed. I'm in pain. Mulch. I hate mulch (laughs) and mulch. Yes. I'll probably smell like mulch for a month. Yep. So yeah, that's what's been on the rise for, for us this week. Getting outside sounds like we need to take a tip from Ash and put on some sunblock while we're out there landscaping. We're gonna we're gonna shift back to our Huda series. We're closing it out. We thought it made perfect sense to bring an expert on. Eric, I know I know you really well. We would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about your background, who you are, uh, 
how you've become an expert in self-knowledge. So tell us, tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, I appreciate the title of expert, but I will, <laughs> I, I will try to live up to that title as we go through the conversation today. The only person that I really want to make sure knows that you've labeled me an expert is my wife. Um, just so I, do, you're gonna... got that. <laughs> can, I can continue to remind her that I'm an expert in something. So we'll make you a plaque. Uh, yes, this is, this is recorded for Natalie. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that very much. <laughs> uh, thanks for the, the chance to be here. But my background, I, I grew up in a, a small town in Nebraska, Seward, Nebraska, 4th of July capital of the world. Uh, even though, sadly, this year, no 4th of July in Nebraska, in Seward. So... So sad. It's a, uh, but it was a great little town. Had a chance to grow up uh, raising some animals uh, on the farm, and that in, in grew my interest in agriculture. I went to the University of Nebraska, majored in ag education, and I uh, was a part of an organization called FFA, formerly known as Future Farmers of America, where uh, had a chance to be a, a co- conference leader out in Washington D.C. And there was also a young lady that came, went to Purdue that was also out there and we met and she uh, made me move to Indiana a couple of years later. That <laughs> uh, no, was, was great. And had a chance <laughs> to, uh, we, we got married and now have started our family and our lives here in Indiana. And I'm on the brink of being in Indiana more than I am uh, in Nebraska, but definitely not a Purdue or IU fan. I'm still a Husker fan at heart. From there, uh, worked for the National FFA organization for a couple of years, uh, managing their collegiate programs and working for their foundation. And that's really where my love for uh, leadership development, personal development, and the chance to, to just learn more about yourself and how to uh, allow you to be the best self that you can really, really came about. About 13 years ago, I had a chance to start working for Elenco Animal Health and I've had a number of different jobs with the organization, but the one that kind of keeps coming back around or staying connected to is in learning and development, and now uh, serve in that role. Later on the podcast, maybe I'll get you a chance to tell you a little bit about some of the other roles that I had in the, in the company. Personally, we live on a little acreage in a small town, similar to where I, similar to how I grew up before, and we have two wonderful boys. Uh, Luke is 13 now, oh, teenager, scaring me to death. He just turned 13, right? He just turned 13, yeah. yeah. And he, I don't know, it was like a switch. He immediately started giving that look uh, that, that a teenager gives <laughs> and, and rolling his eyes more. Uh, my jokes are no longer funny. It's it's a, oh. it's a, tra- it's a transition. Oh. The good news is, is that wah, Lincoln wah. still thinks I'm very funny. He's an eight-year-old. <laughs> it's kind of where my humor level sits is at the eight-year-old level. And uh, they they love playing sports. Uh, we, we raise and show pigs on the weekends, which keeps us uh, really busy. And then we're pretty active in our community and our, and our local church as well. So that's a little bit about uh, myself and the shillings and, and uh, how I've gotten to where I am today. Eric is a cool dad. Not only is he funny at an eight-year-old level, mm-hmm. but he built an American Ninja Warrior course what? for his boys at his house. No way. Every CrossFitter who can't go to the gym right now wishes they could go to <laughs> Eric's backyard. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So come on out. Uh, Little town of Wilkinson. You can't miss it. There's only about 15, 20 houses here. And let's go. Let's also be very clear, Becky. I did not build it. If I built it right now, uh, there'd probably be a fatality of some kind. Oh, gosh. But uh, we had it built and it's been a a source of a lot of fun. I we built two warp walls. One's 14 feet tall and one's 10. And the 14 footer is 
uh, dangerous. So we're actually going to cut it back down to 12 feet okay. so that uh, my insurance policies don't go up on our, on our homeowners insurance. So, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Though. Wow. That's awesome. Super yeah. cool. Eric, I know this, uh, in, in our world, when I hear learning and development, I know what that looks like to me, but would you unpack that a little bit more at Alenco? What type of content and curriculum, it falls under that learning and development side of things? Yeah, really, our our job is to enable people to develop further in their abilities to to grow as a leader in our company, as well as to coach and grow others as they move into uh, their supervisor positions, or even if they're just influencing from a, from a role within the organization. And so we we do uh, all kinds of development programs, and actually Becky runs a number of those for us. does a does a really great job. We also have a responsibility to the talent management component and making sure that everybody has a development plan, that everyone has a chance to learn and grow within our organization. And then we try and figure out what's the best mode or approach to allow that to happen. What we say is that we also want to make sure that there's some consistency in our leadership language because we think it allows our company to be uh, much more efficient and effective. And so we use some certain programs out there. I think maybe you introduced insights to the group in a previous podcast. That's a little bit around our self-discovery that matches what we're talking about today. We use situational leadership as a way of coaching to the task. And we have a number of different coaching uh, methodologies that we use as well. So it's it's all about ensuring that we're growing and developing people and, and that Atalanco people never feel stagnant or stifled in their ability to 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 grow or be better for themselves or for the people that they supervise. So it's a, it's a, it's a dream job and I have a dream team to work with and it's, it's been a lot of fun. This is one of the topics Ash and I have probably spent many times on bikes in the gym talking about are so many miles, <laughs> so many miles, some of these leadership <laughs> programs. And that's one of the ways we just, uh, we decided, man, we both love this content and this yeah. focus so much. And it is so cool that Alenco has a team that's dedicated on that people development side at a very deep level. Yeah, it's always been a priority for the company. And uh, we just, a couple of days ago, Becky and I had a chance to hear the president of our company say it is one of the top three differentiators for him as the leader of our company over the past 10 years. So a little bit of job security for at least a little while for the both of us. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, that's really great that it's recognized, not just in how productivity goes up, but it's recognized across the company. That's great. Yeah, at that leadership level. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's jump to a little bit of you personally. Mm-hmm. What are two or three specific ways that you personally have seen self-knowledge benefit you in your life? And that could be career and at home. Probably the first one that I'd share with you here is is my early days of being uh, in charge of our learning development team. This was probably about six or seven years ago. And very fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of really great people then as well. One of the things that I noticed in our very first meeting was is that we had a ton of extroverts and we had a ton of individuals that uh, really enjoyed the emotional part of connecting with people. But details were probably not exactly their key uh, area of expertise. And, uh, and to be... To, <laughs> Ash is looking at me right now. I did not look at you. I did not on purpose. And, and the, the funny part was, is that that's me too. I, I am very much in that same boat. But as I looked around the table, because at that point in time, we weren't sequestered in our homes. As I looked around the table, I thought to myself, my gosh, I have to be the most analytical person on this team. 
And the only way that we're going to be successful, because otherwise every time we get together, it's just going to be a big social fest and we're going to think conceptually, but we're never really going to get down to the, the brass tacks of figuring out the details of how things are going to get done or the approach we need to take or to really think through what's the right way to do something. And so what I realized within that team is that every time we gathered, I had to really dig deep to, to pull out that analytical mindset and ensure that the team really had those things really laid out and that, and that we had a plan in place and that every time we either left a meeting or a program that we were doing is that someone knew what was going to happen next and who was going to do it and what the planning behind it looked like. And for me, it was exhausting because it wasn't my natural style. But what it did do is it helped me understand the relevance and importance of the role and that I could do it. It's not that I was in, unable to do it. I think sometimes we, as we learn more about ourselves, we can also hide behind some of the things that of who we are. And so what I learned from this, that this particular situation was that I truly, truly um, needed to step up my game, even in an area that I didn't, wasn't necessarily a strength for me to ensure that the team was successful. And, and, and we did pretty well. I, I, those were some of the more tired days of my career because I knew that I had to really step up that level of detail in those meetings, but it was worth it. And it, and it was a lot of fun and we, and we were, we were successful in that. So that's, that's probably one example of where I knew that I, I knew, I knew more about myself and I knew who I was, but I also knew what the team needed to be successful. And so I had to adjust and probably pick something up that wasn't my natural ability or style to ensure that we could be successful. Because as I looked around the room, unfortunately, there wasn't a whole lot of folks that were willing or prepared to do that for the team. Eric, you said something about hiding behind who you are once you get, you know, get some self-knowledge. I'd love to hear you unpack that a little bit before you move on. Yeah. So one of the great things about, I think in, 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 I went back and listened to a couple of your podcasts. It was, you talked about all the different types of personality assessments and, and strength finders and, a number of different resources you can do to learn more about yourselves is sometimes we start to, as the pro as, as the content that you get back tells you more about who you are to help you better describe it. They give you labels, they give you colors, they give you letters, they give you numbers to, uh, to adjust to. And so then what can sometimes happen is you end up saying things like, Oh, well, I'm, I'm red or I'm a D or I'm a, I'm a six. Yeah. So that way that now becomes your excuse to say, well, the, well, the, the test told me this is the way I am. So now it, it, that means that I can get away with not having to do all these other things because that's who I truly am. And I, that's not really the case. And some of the content we use is it, it talks about is you, all of those, uh, all of the things that are in with those, those profiles and things like that, you have some ability to others are just more pro, uh, profound than others. And so making sure that you don't necessarily hide behind uh, the fact of, of saying, well, I can't do that, or you have to deal with my aggressive attitude or my laid back style because that's just who I am and I can't adjust to the situation. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for walking that out a little bit. Yeah, I know. I know we uh, were talking about you personally, where you've seen self-knowledge benefit you, but as you just kind of alluded to some of the core principles that we teach through our learning and development team, would you want to share a little bit around kind of, I know we mentioned insights discovery earlier, but what, what do we use at Alenco from a personality standpoint to help people with that self-knowledge? And what are some of those core principles, like you just mentioned, 
you you're not you are not red. Yeah. <laughs> you lead with red. You still have the capacity to have green or whatever that other energy that's might right. be. Yeah, and that's one of the things that we try and share is as you get back your profile and it it tells you that you're very directive in nature. You have a high involvement, uh, engaging uh, personality. Is that what it doesn't do? Is it doesn't allow you to say that um, that you don't have any of these other things. You're made up of all of those. And and just in my example sharing earlier, is that I have the ability to to have to think analytically and to think about data and and really get, do a good job of planning. It's not natural for me. What it means is I have to work a little bit harder to do that. And I think that's one of the things we try and instill in the discussions is you have all of this within you. It just means that more, some is more prevalent. And the, the other cool thing is, is that what you can learn from some of these is how are you more adaptable than, than others and, and enabling yourself to think about what that means for you. I think uh, you guys also talked about uh, emotional intelligence and, and how that ties into this as well. The more you know about yourself, the more you can adjust your style to meet the needs of other people. And so we, we, we often make sure that people don't come in to say, well, okay, now this allows you to go out and just define and tell people, well, this is who I am and you have to deal with it. The real conversation is this is who I am. And now that I understand more about who you are, we can try and figure out how to work more effectively together, which in the end is what I think makes uh, our, our company better in the long run because they have that consistent language. You can literally walk into a conversation and talk about, well, I'm a high red at red blue, which would mean that I, I'm, a, I'm very directive in nature, but I like data. And the other person can say, oh, okay, good. So this is going to be a quick meeting, but I need to stick to the facts. And that yeah. helps that other person figure out how do we connect and, and be more effective together within our teams. So it's it's it, using that common language and understanding more about each other should create more efficiencies rather than polarity. What? How has this benefited you outside of work? We see this in the office together from an Elenco standpoint, mm. but with your family, with church, with friends, how do you use self-knowledge in those different areas? So you can't uh, not help turn, you can't turn the, the, the switch off if this is what your job is when you come home. And often my lovely, caring, and uh, wonderful wife will, will say the words, please stop using that leadership crap on me uh, <laughs> in, 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 in the nicest way. No, yeah. it's, it's really good. But the uh, one of the things we've seen is just even in our in our in our boys and and through this uh, time of being um, connected through COVID, if you will, is that our our boys are home. They 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 have their online learnings, and 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 my wife is is here, and obviously I'm here at the house as well. And so in the midst of all of that, the the personalities are just all over the place of who who they are and what they represent, and my the. It's kind of funny in looks as well as in um, in personalities. My older son Luke very much is relatable to to my wife's style, and Lincoln, my younger son, is very much related to me. And I'm uh, in our office doing our Zoom calls for 14 hours a day, or however long we have to do this, uh, and to interact with everybody. And I can hear through the back of the office these conversations that just are all over the place, and little things like get off me, leave me alone. How can we, why do you always have to be so close to me? 
and we'll sit there and watch my both of my sons will one will Luke will sit at the edge of a couch and this couch is let's say six seven feet long Lincoln because he is highly touch high interaction loves to be around people high feeling yeah. uh, will sit like a two centimeters away from Luke on the couch <laughs> and just be all in his, all up in his business. And not because he's trying to tease him because that's who he is. And that's, he yeah. just wants to be loved and connected and uh, engaging with others. And my wife and I, my wife and my, my other son would just rather be uh, you know, sitting in the corner, reading a book. And so right. it's fun to come out and kind of talk through the languages with them and say, here's what he's doing. Here's what he's thinking. Just Lincoln, give him a little bit of space, ask him some questions, and uh, and then and then I and then I go back into the room and close the door, and, and all heck breaks loose <laughs> after that. But it's uh, it's it's you did it's what you fun could to see, and it's and it's important because the way that we motivate our boys are completely different. One is very headstrong and driven, and wants to be be successful. The other one just wants to hang out and have fun. And so, one you put a challenge out there in front of him, and he goes after it. The other one wants to enjoy himself. So you have to have motivation and outcomes end in ice cream and going to the basketball card shop afterwards, and he'll do anything for that. And so understanding their personality styles and what motivates them allows us to try and be better parents along the way. I was just thinking themes that I've heard you mention in the workplace and at home. So one, teams. So knowing your teammates and what strengths you need to bring to a team and I love that you talked on motivation. Not mm-hmm. everyone's motivated the same. And so that self-knowledge also helping fuel, how do you motivate, whether it's in the workplace or at home, what does that motivation for individuals look like? Cause it's not a one size fits all. I think, I think that part is one of my favorite things uh, in, in being a supervisor is trying to unpack and engage on what motivates folks. And one of the books, I know you, you'd asked us the, some of the tools that we use. Uh, Daniel Pink is an author that has a book called drive and it's all about how do you, how to engage and inspire and motivate people. And he talks about autonomy, mastery, and purpose as the three things that can really drive somebody's engagement. And so I, I think that's one of the parts about understanding who people are and asking the right kind of questions is that you get a chance to figure out what motivates them, what inspires them, what pushes them to do more. And everybody's just a little bit different. And so as a, as a supervisor, what I, what I really like is trying to unpack and figure out what are those things that, that motivate different individuals and then play on that and, and engage them in that way. And hopefully it creates a better experience for them as a, as someone who works for our company and, and that gets to be a part of our team. I remember when I first joined Eric's team and I've been a part, sounds crazy. I've been at Alenco for almost seven years and I've probably had seven jobs. <laughs> and, and Eric and I have talked about this. I've had short-term assignments that were six months long. And so some of those were very short durations. So I've had multiple supervisors and joining Eric's team, one of the very first things he did was send me this email with attachments and it was attachments of your favorites. So fill out this form with all of your, your favorite drink, your favorite food. I'm probably like the the token millennial that's like kombucha. <laughs> I don't know how many other people. Uh, and so he sent us this favorites list. And then there's another list on how you like to be motivated. Do you like to get affirmation in front of the group and praise in front of the group? Would you rather get something private? Once again, going back to how, that knowledge of yourself, but also of those teams and as a leader, the people that you're leading, so you know how to motivate them. And I will never forget my birthday. Eric's like, where do you want to go out to eat? 
And on my favorites list, it said, I like to bring my lunch <laughs> and eat in the office. <laughs> and so then Eric's like, man, I should have looked at her list. <laughs> and we did though. We met, we met in the cafeteria and everyone brought their lunch. And I was the one nerd who didn't want to go out on their birthday. It was great. We had a good time. It was a lot of fun. Whatever makes you happy. Exactly. That's the point, right? It's communicating care through noticing the details and having a place, like even if you have to write it down like that, having a place that you can store those details and come back to them. Very intentional as a leader for sure. So we've talked about a couple ways. Specifically, you've seen self-knowledge benefit you in the workplace, leading teams, and also at home (laughs) with your family and the diverse personalities. (laughs) Tell us a little bit more about your role serving as a global learning and development leader. Why should companies invest in their employees and helping them gain that self-knowledge? This was a good, uh, this one, this question is really good because there's a couple of different key pieces here is the first one is if we take the time to invest, what it will show that individual is that kind of continuous growth. And I, and I think if we challenge employees within a company to keep growing and doing new and different things, a la uh, what you just shared, Becky, of seven, seven jobs in seven years is one is the, the talent that you have. People saw it and wanted to try it in different places and use it, use it within the organization. But it, it ensures that if we continue to, to figure out what motivates people and put them in situations that helps them grow, they won't get that stale scenario where they feel like they're on a shelf going, Oh gosh, only 10 more years. And then I get that extra bonus or those extra weeks of vacation. They, they honestly think, okay, how, what, what role or what step would be different or unique for me to grow in the organization? So I I think that's one. I think the other two is, is it, it, if you can have that environment, it creates a culture that, that, enables people to feel like they can be engaged and that um, they can learn more about each other. And, and I think the more people try to have that emotional intelligence with each other, the, the better, the, the better the gears move in the company. And so I think that's, that's really big. And then the last one is, man, if uh, you continue to learn more about yourself, it does two things. It makes you want to learn even more. So you go out and find good mentors and coaches but at some point, you got to turn around and give back to that too, to be a mentor for somebody else. Uh, and that that's when all of these things about what you've learned about yourself becomes true reality. I was just on a call with a, a group of mentees, and we started talking about um, careers and next steps. And, you know, do you have to be on this fast track? And it, it, it really made me go back to points in my life where it was, okay, what direction am I going to head here? And what's my personal and professional T-chart is an example of what we use to sit back and go, what do I care about personally? And what do I care about professionally? And then what does that tell me of where I need to go next in my career? So uh, that constant growth, that constant understanding of who you are and what you care about and what's important allows you to not only keep growing yourself, but it, hopefully at some point you can flip that around and help others grow too. That's great. And I know from an Alenco standpoint, we talk a lot about employee engagement and our engagement. We do an engagement survey. I don't know if they do this at crew. Yeah, we do. And, and this investment the company makes in you feeling like you're being invested in and developed. I feel like that goes a long way in engaged employees who feel like they have a purpose. And, and Eric, as you mentioned, you know, the culture, you can feel it. You can feel it when people are, they feel like they're cared about and their company is giving back to them. 
and then they want to pay it forward, like you said, and help mentor and coach others. So from a company standpoint too, that value is an engaged employees who are focused on work. They like their work, they find purpose, and they're helping each other out. A culture of, of a team versus a culture more of that individual I'm just probably in it for me, but no, we all succeed together. Yeah. And they're not just coasting. Like you said, Eric, like they want to find the best way to do their job. Yeah. And I think that's, that's it's always interesting that the engagement piece is that sometimes you monitor it and then it becomes more of a number than it becomes the environment that you're in. And I think that's what we, at least I, I feel like from our, our standpoint and the jobs that we have is the numbers fine. But we start to see it when we start to look at what's what's the air we breathe, what's the water like water to fish ratio kind of interaction of that culture that's being created because of some of the things that we're hopefully enabling people to experience. So that's 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 it's hard to put a number to. There's there's ways to do it, but I always look for the proof in in the process and what the people are doing, and hopefully we're able to help them do that. So we've talked about companies investing and why they should invest in their employees around self-knowledge. What would you tell someone who maybe they don't have that opportunity from their company? What would you tell them would be that big value or benefit of them taking that initiative to go and dive into learning more about themselves and some of the tools we've talked about? And we'll put also, we'll put a link to some of the tools you mentioned here, Eric, in our podcast notes. But what's that value for an individual who maybe doesn't have it handed to them as easily and they have to take that initiative to go find it? I think there's a couple of things. Is it if you're one of the challenges that can happen is if you don't have that type of environment, is you feel like there's only one path in the job or the role, and that's through promotion or that's through, um, you know, whatever the career path may look like in, in the role you're in, or maybe you feel like you're stuck in the role you're in. And, I, and I've always found is that the more you understand about yourself, the more you're going to hopefully understand where you need to put yourself to be maybe not the most successful that the business card tells you exactly who you're supposed to be, but it'll put, it'll drive you to the place where you feel like you can be most of the person that you feel like you're meant to be and engaged in the things that inspire you or push you or make you passionate. And that doesn't always happen in all places within jobs. But what it can do is help if the job doesn't fit, find, help you find things that engage and inspire you. It's, you know, Becky, when you, you told me about your podcast, I said, well, that makes total sense. Uh, that you diving into something like this, I know that, that you would love. And uh, so I, I think that's, that's part of that. As you become more self-aware, you, you grow in self-confidence you grow in understanding of how to engage with other people better, which is just going to create a better environment for you overall. I mean, we've um, we recently had a friend that was was uh, diagnosed. He's uh, got a brain tumor, uh, and so he's going through treatment now and those kind of things. And there's these this group of guys that that are kind of rallying around him, doing a lot of doing a lot of uh, prayer work for him. But probably more importantly, is just trying to make life feel a little bit more normal. And that group of guys is so self-aware and so competent is that we, we don't feel the time or the space with kind of these silly non-valuable things. We're asking like tough questions and having real conversations. And those are like the moments of life that you just remember and really enjoy. And I think that's what we really aspire for because if, if we're just trying to be someone that we're not, it's going to be uncomfortable and challenging all the time. If we can start to start to build back to, okay, who do we want, who are we and who do we aspire to be the best that we can? It's just going to make your experiences that much better. Well said. 
It's interesting as I'm listening to the two of you, I'm, I see confidence, but also humility. And I think that's such a hard balance to strike. And I feel like maybe we'll have to come back to that, Eric, someday with you, if you'll come back to us. He'll and be talk our about, humility okay, expert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that, my wife, maybe not, well, she wouldn't go along with that, probably. That I, I may get outvoted on that one. So, no. But I would love to talk someday about how do you develop that self-confidence that you're talking about, but also maintain that sense of humility that, you know, you do still have more to learn and you can learn more from others. It just is an interesting, it's a hard balance. Absolutely a hard balance. And and it's that, I I think part of it, I know we keep talking a little bit about emotional intelligence in the midst of it, knowing yourself, but it's that point where the more you understand about yourself, the more you understand the flaws as well but you have to be okay with that. And then you got to know, well, I, I, I may not be very good here. If I try and build a ninja course, someone's going to get hurt. But, <laughs> <laughs> but what I can do is, is go out and create a, create a course and a motivating environment for my son to enjoy the time that he's on there. And that's the way that I can contribute. And so there's this, just to your point, um, that balance back and forth is, is really key. So. So Eric, you mentioned Drive by Daniel Pink as one book that you suggest around motivation. What other favorite books or tools would you want to recommend? And once again, we can put links to those on our website and our notes uh, from this podcast. What would you recommend to folks wanting to dive deeper into self-knowledge? Okay, so self-knowledge, a couple of quick ones. Uh, One of of the best books long time ago that I read was by... um, John Maxwell, and it talked about the levels of leadership. And I thought that that was a really good way to think about how do I apply myself into the different levels of leadership. So I love anything John Maxwell, um, the, t- the principles of leadership. And then um, there's an, another one that talks about soar with your strengths. And I'll have to get you the, the author of it that I read that really, for me, was that pivot point to say, I don't have to be the guy that knows all of the spreadsheets. I don't have to be the guy that knows all the details and information and, and try to be that person, but I do have to manage it. And so figure out what I'm good at and do that really well and then manage your weaknesses. And it's, it's, it's a little bit of a cliche statement, but as, how do you figure out how to do that? It was a, it was a really good book for me. And then just for a fun one uh, that I'm re- that I've, I've read recently is a book called Never Split the Difference. And it is about the an FBI agent who is the number one hostage negotiator that talks about how he negotiates in business and in life. And it and I think you learn a lot about yourself when you have to do some negotiation. And so that's a really good one called Never Split the Difference. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. Eric has helped me with some negotiation (laughs) (laughs) via work stuff. I'm like, oh, what do I say? Eric's like, just say this one sentence. I'm like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Just keep it short. Yeah, I still need to read that book, Eric. I know you've definitely said a lot about that one. It's really good. And it's funny because he tells you about how he's like getting Russian mafia people to give up hostages. And then it's like, and then I, I use the exact same tactic to go get a better deal on my truck. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's a and, lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. As we wrap up this, uh, this final episode around self-knowledge, who dis, what challenge would you want to give our listeners around this, this series about learning more about yourself, understanding yourself? We've heard how that's helped benefit the way you interact with others at home and at work. 
what challenge would you give our listeners? Yeah, I think the, the big thing is uh, from from a challenge standpoint, I think the the biggest thing to that you need to understand is the the more you learn about yourself, the more responsibility you have to 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 do something with it. I think you can take all the profiles and sessions and tests that you want, but it, it doesn't matter until you figure out how to apply it and figure out how not only do you make yourself better, but then in return, as you get more intelligent about yourself, how do you understand more about others and how to connect with them better? Because at the end of the day, we're we're not necessarily going to be end up being measured about how we personally do. We're going to be hopefully measured by the, the impact that we have on others as well. And so this session is probably all about in, internally yourself. But at the end of the day, if it's not impacting others in a positive way, then there's the, you're, you're missing the point. So hopefully that's, there's an opportunity for you as you learn more about yourself to engage others and help them be better in the process. Well put. I'd say our, our last couple episodes on emotional intelligence around relationships definitely gets to that point. That's what it's really all about. Yeah. yeah. Knowing yourself so you can have those, those deep, meaningful relationships. Well, Eric, thank you so much. You're officially the stamped expert around, yeah, okay. <laughs> around who dis self-knowledge. <laughs> It's going on my resume. Add it to the resume. You can tell Natalie we've endorsed you. (laughs) We're so glad that you could join us. As we finish up this series on who dis, our goal from a On The Rise business and Living Box Free podcast is to continue to provide helpful content for people to know themselves, ultimately, so that we can accept ourselves, love ourselves, and interact with others in a meaningful way to find that purpose and fulfillment in life. And from here, we just want to say thank you again for tuning in to this first series from our Living Box Free podcast. Join us for uh, for more exciting content coming up soon. Bye.